I, I'm just going to also go over a couple general communication tips just because that's just what I do. And um, just one thing that I, I like to share about how to communicate like Jesus. And um, I think that there's a couple things we can take away from Jesus's <laughs> method of communication style. Deliver the right words to the right people with the right tone. Knowing your audience is critical. And this is what we're talking about. When we are speaking to certain groups, let's, let's know them and let's try to speak in ways that are relevant to them. Showing people you care. I mean, no matter who you talk to, um, people are not going to listen to you unless they actually think that you care about them. And showing people you care means being there when people need us. Tell stories. You know, um, I think Kelly talked a lot about this, but stories are easy to remember, and they um, they help us. Uh, they, Jesus used so many stories to teach because that's they, they do. They're help, helpful for teaching. Uh, we have to embody the message too. We have to authentically represent what we're communicating, because then again, this is like those um, those Gen Zs that Ryan was talking about. You lose all credibility. Uh, and then ask questions and be a good listener. Those are just some general uh, tips that I, I think to communicate like Jesus. And when we are communicating, we should always think about the goal is, is of, of course, evangelization, but r relationships are so essential to evangelization and uh, for communion, for the goal of communion. This is from a document, a uh, Vatican document called Communio et Progressio. So um, one other tip that I think Kelly referenced actually was about how we want to get information out everywhere. This is a, an acronym that I like to, to reference. It's CODE, create once, distribute everywhere. So when we are thinking about communication materials or uh, just messages that we want to share, let's think about how we can share them in different ways and different platforms and in different ways. And that includes speaking face-to-face -face in person. And just a couple tips about social media because um, I, I just these are just so simple, but I think that they're very powerful. And it kind of goes along too with what Kelly was talking about. The personal aspect is so essential. And so, um, I, and this is a post from actually a parish um, that I used to belong to, but it's about the anniversary of the ordination of the pastor there, and it got 490 likes. But um, it's personal, it's timely, and it's beautiful. And uh, when we do that kind of things, we humanize the church. We show the personality and the character of, of us as servants of Christ. Um, we, we shows our authenticity. We focusing on people and responding to comments is also really important on social media. Even a simple thank you can go a long way. All right, now to the topic at hand: older demographic best practices. Um, I also want to start off saying, you know, we have to be respectful of all age groups and all people. That's just such an essential element of our communication style. Um, it, it aligns with Catholic teaching for the respect of the human life and the dignity of each person. So I think we just have to keep that in mind whenever we're communicating, that's essential. Um, the silent generation um, is for people born uh, before 1945, and those are um, 78 years of age and older. And um, it's so funny because Ryan was talking about how we, we can have an alternative to the younger demographics um, by being that one-on-one -on -one communication that maybe they don't have a lot of interaction with. But this generation, that's what they're used to and that's what they do prefer and that's what they all, most of what they know, formal communication. And, and some things to keep in mind when, when uh, communicating with that group is that there might be some hear, you know, hearing deficits. And so be aware of background noises wherever you are and, um, and to be able to communicate. <laughs> um, speaking clearly and in a normal tone is essential. Um, and then to face the person directly, to pick up facial cues and read lips. I mean, that's just some, some simple tips. 
Um, incorporating verbal and visual cues, such as pausing when changing topics or asking a question to begin a new topic. Uh, compensating for visual deficits. Make sure about adequate lighting. Uh, when using printed materials, make sure the type is large enough, yes. at least 14 points, yes. and the typeface is easy to read. Is, did I use 14? Sorry, I probably used 12. No. I apologize. <laughs> I'm, I have to start practicing. Okay, sorry. I have to start practicing what I preach here. Yes. Uh, and then to think about the color combinations, you know, that uh, sometimes the, like certain color combinations are not easy for people to read. Um, providing audio instructions, um, you know, larger pictures or diagrams, have information in print that can be reviewed, you know, slowing down. And I, I know that we have a very tight schedule today, so I, I don't always practice that, I know. But this is just specifically when, when working with uh, seniors to think about. Uh, avoiding modern pulp culture references and slang, for example, FOMO. Does everybody here know what that means? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll learn something new. Fear of missing out. Uh, find out and find out what your audience cares about and incorporate that into your communication strategy. The baby boomers um, are uh, people ages 59 to 78, and they're the first generation to grow up with TV, audio cassettes, fast food, and credit cards. Um, they do value spoken communication that explains the why of a matter. And this is what you know, some of my research says, but I think that that's, it goes along you know, with just, I think, uh, also an elevated sense of cynicism. Um, so they need, to, they need to know why uh, to help uh, convince or to justify things. They do like technology. Um, many, of, many of the baby boomers um, are very uh, comfortable. They, they've had to learn it, uh, but they do, they do like technology. Um, and personalization is very critical uh, with this group and probably with all groups. Um, but resp responding to inquiries via phone instead of email, you know, having live bodies manning your phone to ensure that you can meet people's needs, providing as much in-person support as you can. Um, it's also best to simplify. Um, you know, this is a, again. I think this does apply to a lot, but this is just uh, good tips for for people, baby boomers. You know, that they might not be as tech savvy as the younger generations. Uh, make things easy for them on the na to navigate the website. And to be able to do things easily, whether it's an online registration, just keep the process as simple as possible. Uh, with Generation X, which is the um, 44 to 58 group, um, they grew up in an era of blockbuster movies, popular music on TV, um, Nintendo, Game Boy, Super Mario, Pac-Man, cable TV. Um, and they are moved by images and graphics uh, more than written words, this generation. And I think the generations that followed this one as well. Um, they do prefer to use email for correspondence, and when talking in person, they prefer short, short informal conversations. That's, you probably know people like that. Um, you maybe are someone like that, you know, where you feel like people are starting to lose attention spans at this age group. They're starting to get shorter attention spans. What did I just say? <laughs> Um, but any, this is just general, more communication tips in general, but uh, each time you communicate, you know, e you communicate each time you answer the telephone. You know, you think about communication as this formal type of program or something, but we're communicating all the time, how we, how we, how we look at each other, um, how we greet people when they come to our parish, how we organize content on our website. You know, we're communicating something about that, something about our parish. The signage we place around our property. Um, you know, all of these things are communicating. Just remember that our body language is communicating and the, just the environment that we create. Um, that's why, of course, in our churches, we have such beautiful uh, religious art. You know, that's communicating something about our faith. But just think that you're also communicating something, you know, 
with the, the visuals and the, your tone all the time. Um, but with all generations, I do feel that reassure, reassuring and building trust is essential, um, uh, especially as a church, as a large organization, as uh, a church that also has let down people um, and has, has um, you know, has gotten a reputation in the news, unfortunately, for, for bad things. We always have to work on building trust. Um, and explaining why when changes are made are really uh, important to help build that trust as well. Um, explaining why personal information is needed, I, I, I put that in there just because sometimes we do want to communicate with people and we need to let them know why we are collecting maybe their address or their email or their phone number and, and we have to get that consent from them. Um, be the one to share bad news and to explain when something has gone wrong. Um, that is also a way to, to build trust, you know, that they don't want to hear, people don't want to hear about something bad that happened um, from somebody else. I mean, they want to hear it directly from you as the leader uh, at your parish or in your school. Um, and then cho choosing the best platform for communicating um, with people. You know, this is kind of something that I think uh, Kelly also referenced, you know, with social media. I always like to say about social media that the algorithms will basically, on average, show your post to about 10% of your fans. So if you have about 1,000 fans, you know, that, that might be like 100 people. If you have 100 people, that might be like 10 people. So that's just on average how many people will see your post. Now, if you get likes, shares, and um, comments, that's engagement, and that will trigger the algorithms to show your post to more people. But just, you know, just for putting something out there, and if it's not getting those likes, shares, and comments, it's just going to stay kind of, um, you know, in the low numbers. So um, that's something to keep in mind. Social media is, 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 has limits unless you have something that is very engaging. And she was talking about those visuals, those stories, you know, something that's really positive that might really get people's attention. But email marketing has a 50% open rate. This is, this is um, you know, especially for religious organizations. I'm not sure if any of you open or track your open your email rates, but they're usually about 50%. You know, at, but if you have a smaller group, like maybe even a, a thousand, it might be like 60, um, you know, 70% open rate. So think about the number of people you're reaching one way or the other. And even bulletins, I've heard this number, I don't know if it's 100% accurate, but they have a bullet, an open rate about 30%. In the sense that, First of all, not everybody takes a bulletin, so you know you're not reaching people that way. Not everybody's going to be at church on Sunday, so they're not going <laughs> to see that bulletin announcement. And also, um, even, it's the, even if they do take it, they might not read it. So, I mean, you can keep going down and down. So that's, of 100% of all the people in your parish, you know, that might be about a 30% open rate. Text messaging has a 98% open rate. Now, that means, you know, that by the time you even look at it, it's already been read. But texting is more of a, of a personal space that um, usually only people who are very, very engaged with your particular group, you know, like, for example, like a parent at a, at a, at a classroom, you know, and the teacher is, wants to get a hold of the parents. I mean, that's very engaged. My daughter is, is in that class. My son is in that faith formation class. You know, if you're very closely connected to that group, it's your family, it's your close knit of friends. But churches can also get into that space, you know, with reminders about Holy Days of Obligations or, you know, sending, yeah. sending positive. I know at Spirit FM, they send a spirit lifter message each day via text. Now, people had to subscribe to that. It's not like you're just kind of like everybody's going to get dumped into that group. But they have 10,000 people who get their spirit lefter each day because they have said, I want to get an inspirational message each day via text. So if you sign into it uh, and, you know, and you know that you can stop any time you know, by just you know, s typing stop. But I'm just saying that don't be afraid to text people. Let people sign into things, so, you know, sign up for things. 
Um, and it can be a very powerful way to really get your message across through 98% open rate. And then we did hear some, these are some numbers this was kind of mentioned earlier, Who, who's on what platforms? I mean, I saw one statistic that 65% of people ages 50 to 64 do use Facebook. So it, you know, it is um, very popular. 41, 41% of those 65 and older use Facebook. Um, uh, so it's also very popular with millennials too. But I don't have those, I don't have those exact numbers. So, um, but, but also another bottom line to remember is to find out people's preferences because there are going to be people across the board. My mom's 80, but she loves email and she's on Instagram. And so, she, you know, find out people's preferences. People don't always fit into these little neat categories. Um, so, you know, surveying people, um, you know, via parish registration, census forms, questionnaires at the parish, questionnaires mailed to the home, online forms really identify each person's preferred method and have materials and, and communication available in different different ways so that you can make sure that you're kind of meeting people with, with what their needs are. And I do believe that mail is a great one too. I didn't mention that here, but the direct mail open rates, uh, it's really interesting to hear that about 100% of the kids read the magazine that I, I would imagine that the open rate kind of think about for mail is pretty high. Um, where it's, it's, it, people spent money to send that to you, so that there is some value to that. People spent money to print that for you. So there is some value that people place on those kinds of communications that will get people's attention more than others. 